0: and you talk about knowledge on the basketball front he is the national director of recruiting for ESPN and terrific college basketball analyst as well he is Mr Paul Biancardi Paul how are you
1: I'm doing good, buddy. I thought this was going to be like an Italian lunch, a working <laughs> lunch. You know, you, you, you promised some vino and lasagna.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, virtual, we can rig and show it to you <laughs> a little bit, which is better than radio typically. Obviously, you were there on the ESPN networks at the Geico Nationals, the top prep teams in the country competing. Just big picture before we get into Kennedy Chandler there. Tell me what that experience was like seeing all that talent amassed and being able to call those games as an analyst. Well, Vince, 10 nationally ranked
1: teams, the 10 best high school teams in the country that qualified for GEICO Nationals. We had over 30 ranked prospects. So 30 ranked prospects, 10 ranked teams, all competing for a championship. The intensity was great because there was no McDonald's this year. There was no uh, Nike Hoop Summit where those individual all-star games where kids could go. Uh, Six McDonald's All-Americans between the 10 teams. So the best talent of teams and the best talent of players coming together under one roof, competing for a championship. Uh, the intensity was at a high level, and you could feel that the kids were playing for something that was, you know, a big-time championship. And that's what you want to see if you're an analyst or a coach. You want to see guys, you know, playing to win, uh, and not always just playing to showcase their abilities. But Montverde, they won it all. They were fantastic, always strong team. IMG was in the mix. Sunrise, Christian, what Kennedy Chandler was uh, – playing for the championship. We had some public school teams, Milton Academy. We had Pace Academy, which is a private school out of Georgia. You know, Wasatch
0: Academy from Utah. It was a big time event. And Fort Myers was a great host. You mentioned Kennedy Chandler, boy, what a tournament he had really showed out against that high level of competition. Tell us what you saw from Kennedy Chandler previously, even though obviously you knew he was a terrific talent already. Well, what I'll tell everyone
1: first is this. I thought Kennedy Chandler had a tremendous senior season. He played exceptionally well at Geico. You know, they were so close to winning the championship. But when you go back to when he started this season, first thing I noticed, three-point shot really improved. I mean that was the part of his game that he didn't have coming into the season. In quarantine, he spent a lot of time in the gym. I mean that jump shot comes off his hand easy right now, and it comes off behind the arc. So that just adds an element to his game that makes him even harder to defend. He led them to a you know number two seed in Geico Nationals, which is only second, of course, to Montverde. And he was just became a leader this year too. Kind of a quiet kid, uh, he was more vocal. He, he led through his actions. He led through his words. He led through his play. And uh, I was really impressed with him because I thought he was consistently excellent all season long. I was going to say great, but he was a little bit better than great. He was excellent all season long. And you're a Tennessee fan. I mean, you got the best point guard in the high school game coming into Knoxville next year. He's special because he loves to run. I mean, you got to run when he plays. He can get the ball from the outlet to the other foul line you know, within four or five seconds, and he doesn't have any wasted motion. So you're going to see Tennessee next year get more fast break points per game than they did this year. No question about that. And what makes him really hard to guard is he can finish that transition. Okay. It'd be a finisher or he can be a facilitator, hit guys behind the line or hit guys for layups, reads the court exceptionally well. And in the half court game, he plays pick and roll at a high level. Uh, He really can do it all. Defends the ball. Well, You know, still slight of build, but we know under Rick Barnes, I mean, the strength and conditioning room is a must in the offseason, right? (laughs) A coach has always been that way, and that's why his guys can physically compete. So I don't see too many holes in his game, except that he has to become more vocal, become even a better leader. And of course, you're going to play in the SEC and you want Tennessee to compete for an SEC championship. He's got to be, you know, become an elite on-ball defender, but offensively, he's really special.
0: We're visiting with Paul Biancardi from ESPN, National Director of Recruiting for Basketball, also college basketball analyst and NBA draft analyst as well. With a couple of guys that Tennessee had this past year with those five-star true freshmen have declared, we'll start with Keon Johnson. What do you think about Keon Johnson's decision to go into the NBA draft and how does he project in your mind?
1: Yeah, really good decision. I thought coming out of high school, he was a first-round pick. He finished inside you know, the top 30 inside the ESPN 100, top 35, great athlete, very good defender, straight line driver, can do a lot of things on the offensive end. The the NBA likes his athleticism and they like his positional size. I think he's going to go somewhere, you know, in the late lottery to the, um, you know, very beginning of the outside of the lottery. Now some people have him inside the top 10. All I can tell you is this, this year's draft, will be the best draft, the best collection of talent that we've seen in a long, long time. I mean, you're talking about three or four guys from the number one spot. The draft could start at four or five this year. And Keon Johnson is certainly worthy of that that lottery pick status this year. I, I know a lot of guys that I spoke to really like him.
0: I know the NBA and even college basketball to an extent is less positional than it used to be. But where do you see Johnson fitting in from a position standpoint in the NBA? Yeah, you know, I think you get away from positions and you look at ability and
1: you look right. at where he's going to play. Like, can you post him up? Absolutely. Strong, pretty good size. I think I think NBA coaches today are taking guys talents and putting them on the floor, not based on a quote unquote position, but they're putting them in positions to score the ball. You know, now that jump from college to the NBA and shooting that usually takes, you know, a year or two to become an NBA legitimate, you know, 36, 38% three-point shooter. But I think he'll rely on his athleticism early on and his driving ability, sprinkling the three-point shot. I think he'll be a good defender. I mean, you can defend point guards with him, and you could possibly defend two guards. So I think he'll just be on the perimeter somewhere
0: within a three-guard offense. Jaden Springer had announced previously that he was declaring and he already has an agent to work with a3 here out of Knoxville. What do you think about Jaden Springer's decision and how he projects in the NBA?
1: Yeah, I think he's been, you know, groomed for this moment, uh, quite frankly, the way he's come up through the AAU circuit and through the high school game, you know, he's he's all business when it comes to basketball. He's not a, a fluffy guy, he's not a fancy guy as, as you know. He's a grinder and he's all he led in fact IMG To the Geico National Championship in 2019. He was the point guard of that team. Now, he's not a true point guard. In my mind, he's a true combination guard. He can play off the ball or on the ball. Good decision maker. I think he's a really good defender because I think he cares about defense and I think he knows the importance of it. And he's a tough minded kid, pretty good shooter. That has to improve in my mind. but he's a good decision maker. I think he's a guy who blends in well with any offense that you can run in the NBA. Smart player and a committed player. If you're looking for draft status, uh, where he could end up. I mean, I'm, I'm looking somewhere between, you know, you know, the 18 to, to 30 mark. I think he's like mid to late
0: first round. What about E Ponce? We haven't heard an official decision from him. What do you think about him and his pro prospects?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to come out. Um, I don't have any information, but I, I know we talked about this last year at this time. Yeah. Uh, the NBA loves his defensive ability, his switch ability, his post defense, his finishability inside. So I, I think he'll come out. And, uh, you know, again, with this draft being the way it is, you, you can say for so many guys, they could be late first, early second. That's usually a cliche in the NBA, especially for scouts that don't want to give up their hand in this, but. Uh, it's tough to crack the first round in this year's draft, but I think he has that
0: upside to do it. His offensive game has to change. So you think he gets drafted? It's just a matter of whether he's able to crack the bottom of the first round or how do you see that?
1: Yeah, I I see whether he can crack the first round or be in the second round. Some people may wait in the second round because of his lack of offense. Uh, You got a lot of different opinions this year because offense has been so prevalent in the NBA game. Uh, But his athleticism, his defense, his rebounding is special. So and the talent in this year's draft. And we have guys declaring that maybe you didn't expect to declare. But just this freshman class is what I'm talking about. The Kate Cunninghams, the Jalen Greens, the Jonathan Kamingas, Mobley, Scotty Barnes, uh, you name it. I mean, that that lottery is going to be full this year. So that's going to push everyone back about five to seven slots.
0: Joined by ESPN's Paul B. and Cardi talking some hoops. What do you think John Fulkerson will do? Will he return to Tennessee or try to play pro?
1: My guess and my gut, and I've talked to a few people that might be in the know that he'll be back at Tennessee next season. I, I think that would be a wise choice, the ability to improve his game. You know, so many guys are in a hurry to get to the next level. But, you know, if you don't make it right out of the shoot then I, I say you, you drowned a little bit like you're dog paddling. You know, you're, you're doing it just to survive. And I think when you come out of college, you want to be really ready. So if that NBA plan does not work, you have a backup plan. Maybe Europe wants you or the G League. Uh, but I think it's great to come out of college and be strong in the game, be prepared for the game, and continue to show scouts what you can do by improving yourself in the offseason and helping your team win during the season
0: this Tennessee roster is really turning over. We're talking about guys going to the NBA. A couple of guys from the bench have hit the transfer portal as well, and Devontae Gaines and Drew Pember. So it's going to be a much different looking team with Kennedy Chandler coming in. One transfer that has already committed is Auburn's Justin Powell. You obviously knew him in recruiting and saw him play a little bit for Auburn last year. What do you think about Tennessee's addition of Justin Powell?
1: No, I love him. He can really score. He was a former ESPN top 100 player out of, out of the state of Kentucky. So that must make Tennessee fans a little happy, right? They stole one from Kentucky, uh, but he was playing really well before he got hurt. I think he averaged about 11 points a game, six rebounds, and he was high on the assist uh, chain. He was 4.7 assists per game. So this is a guy who can come in and be immediate impact when that transfer rule changes that you can transfer right away and play. I mean, he's going to be a a quick addition for Tennessee
0: couple other names that are out there, tell me which one really stands out to you. There's Liam Robbins at Minnesota, center, seven-footer, Noah Gurley at Furman. And then one that I think would be maybe the most intriguing is Walker Kessler from North Carolina. All those guys have some sort of connection with Tennessee. What do you think about any of those guys potentially being added by Rick Barnes and the staff? Wow. If they can get Walker Kessler, that to me is the prize of all these transfers that are out there right
1: now. A top 15 player coming out of high school. Played exceptionally well down the stretch for North Carolina. A seven-footer who can shoot, and he can score in on the block. I mean, Roy put him on the block, and he delivered. He's got a good face-up game, and he's got a good three-point game. Better than people know about. Uh, so what I think for him is that he has to find the, the situation where he can play both inside and outside. You know, some of the buzz has been Gonzaga uh, and, and a lot of other schools. He can even transfer within the ACC. And be eligible to play right away. Right now, that rule hasn't prohibited guys from transferring in conference and not playing. But he's a guy to me that could be a difference maker wherever he wherever he decides to go. And his uh, late uncle was a great player at Georgia, uh, as you know, and his his dad was a a good basketball player as well. His, His late uncle was really good playing the NBA and at Georgia. So he's got the genes, he's got the game and he's got the size.
0: Tennessee team, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. They're going to look a lot different next year. I know it will depend on what other transfers, if they do land, but what do you think about next year's Tennessee team that won't have star power and excitement to it, but Tennessee fans are going to expect results because this year didn't go as they thought it would before the year started?
1: Yeah, but I still thought they had a really good year. I mean, they won 10 games in the SEC. To me, that's a really good year. I know I think fans, as you know this better than anyone, the fans always want more, especially when you deliver big early. And Rick Barnes delivered in a huge way when he got to Tennessee. Still a very good season in my eyes. Um, I, I know you always want more. You want to get deeper. You want to win the tournament. But this program is on rock solid ground right now. And you, you add a transfer to the mix. Kennedy Chandler is a special point guard. And I'm telling you this right now, he could have a Jalen Suggs type of effect on Tennessee. Now he's not Jalen Suggs. He's not that good. He doesn't have that kind of upside, but as a point guard, I believe he's that special. So you got an excellent freshman coming in at the most important position. you got Josiah James coming back. You've got Bailey. These guys are proven commodities. And these are kids that I believe they they work on their game in the off season, so you'll have some veterans. You'll have the freshmen. I didn't even mention the kid Meshack from California. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's a pit bull defender. This is a Rick Barnes special. So you got Justin Powell scoring. You got Meshack defending. You got Fulkerson coming back in, inside. Tennessee will be right in the mix in the SEC. Of course, a lot has to do with what other programs do, but this program's on rock solid ground, and, and it, it's one of the best programs in the SEC in my mind
0: couple of coaches have gone on to take head coaching position, assistants off of the staff. Kim English coming to head coach at George Mason, Desmond Oliver at ETSU. One hire to fill one of those spots was Rod Clark from Austin P. What do you think about that addition to Rick Barnes' staff?
1: Yeah, that was a great hire because I remember Coach Clark was with Sunrise Christian, and he has a great rapport with the kids. He started this um, – this workout called the Breakfast Club at Sunrise Christian. And yes, it was early in the morning before breakfast and he would work out a lot of guys. He did that in Texas with some other guys by the name of Tyrese Maxey and some other players. So he's a guy who's really good at player development. Obviously, he's well-connected in recruiting. He's been an assistant at Austin P. But when you have that connection to Sunrise Christian and they're top two, three program in the nation. Uh, You'll have a little bit of a pipeline. You have Kennedy Chandler there
0: being a good recruiter. Uh, I love the hire by Rick Barnes. One last thing we'll let you go. Really appreciate your time. of visiting with the ESPN's Paul Biancardi. You have the number one pick in the draft. What are you doing (laughs) with that selection, Paul? You know, I had to go there. Oh man, you didn't tell me this one was coming.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. I have the number one pick in the draft. I'm going to go with Jalen Suggs because he's a real point guard. He brings everything to the position that you would possibly want. I know him personally. I know his character traits. I know his work ethic. I know his, his body language. I know what kind of teammate he is. He's everything that you want if you're an NBA GM. So is Cade Cunningham. So is Evan Mobley. And I'm taking Jalen Suggs. Uh, he's, just, he's a real point guard who can do a little bit of everything exceptionally well
0: at Paul Biancardi on Twitter. Give him a follow. Terrific stuff for the draft, for college basketball, and for recruiting as well. Paul, you're the best. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much. We'll catch up soon and maybe exchange some of that vino and pasta, all right? All right, Paisan. Thank you.